Hey, what's up? It's Wednesday, July 13th. You're listening to episode 63 of the Chasing Points podcast. We are your weekly honest dive into the world of sports. We're back. What's up? Uh, it's Sam. I think he forgot his name for a second. Yeah. Brandon, how, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm I'm great. I'm great. I'm Long I'm even no better sleep. with uh you know what we got going on today. So special guest alert. If we had a drop, we would play it. Um, friend of the program, uh, also former uh, uh, step in co host when Sam yeah, was on vacay. Yes, yes. Yeah. Thanks Not for holding either. it down. Harrison uh, Baker's here. What's up, my friend? Not much. Pleasure to be here, guys. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, looking forward to another another podcast of me just throwing weird takes at the wall and uh you know going with it that's what we do around here just uh we just say it and uh we mean it i just have to say this it's just so (laughs) it's so weird for me to hear harrison's professional voice being that i've known him for so many years and he is a brother of mine as sam is it's just it's just always interesting what he puts on his professional voice. I'm sure at some point in this podcast, he's going to cuss me out or say something to me. So do not be surprised if he says something wise to me. Just I'm know sure I have a, uh, a PhD in code switching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. You oh, do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, there you go. so uh, with that, Harrison, thanks for, for joining us. And uh, always a pleasure. And we got a lot to talk about, guys. Uh, NBA free agency uh what is well underway post draft some big trades um some you know re-signings that we thought and a lot of movement and uh potential movement going on into the rest of the summer we got some nfl talk about um uh what's his name baker i don't even want to say it uh baker was traded like i'm just tired of it it says here on the notes, Baker traded to Panthers, honorary, do you care? It's like, I'm just tired of talking about Baker Mayfield, but we're going to do it again. Uh, and uh, Jimmy G, is he next? Uh, we're going to talk about the PGA Tour again. So this breaks a record of the amount of times we've spoken about golf yeah. on this podcast. Let and, it be known. Uh, it's only because Harrison's here. Let's let it be known. That's only because Harrison's here. And later on in the show, a two-minute rant from Brandon about the UFC, where Harrison and I will just tap out and check our email. So probably won't even be two minutes. I'd probably be one. Probably be one. It'd be very quick. Good use of, good use of tap out. Brandon wow. wins. Wow. I'll just tap wow. right out. You well, got there. It. You go. Yeah. Well played. Well played. Well, I guess we'll start in the NBA here. Um, the big news since we last uh, cracked the mic was. Kevin Durant, uh, you know, Kyrie opts in, which we kind of assumed he would if, uh, you know, not taking the exception to go to the Lakers. He opts in and then Katie promptly requests a trade. Um, (laughs) What is the market for Katie? One of the most prolific scores in the NBA history, really. And and Kyrie and uh, Hayes, what's your thoughts on the Brooklyn Nets potentially falling apart right in front of you? Well, first and foremost, to answer your first question, there's always going to be a market, but currently right now there is no market because the Brooklyn Nets aren't moving off of trying to get two superstars back in return. And that is a high price to ask for, as most teams do not have two superstars. It's pretty funny. They're essentially looking at themselves in the mirror like, well, we got two superstars, so we need two back. And most teams don't have that or are willing to part ways, especially with Katie being 34 years old and is on the other side of his career at this point in time. Um, 
he's still going to get the attention. Everybody, I, I think immediately, as you said it, I, I remember seeing a report that 15 teams reached out immediately when that happened. Um, so not a shock. Uh, but also the fact that Katie think he, thinks he has leverage in this is also hilarious to me. Um, you signed a four-year deal. We all know you're not going to sit out for four years. Uh, so that's not going to happen. It would get really messy before that. And I'm sure they're trying to do whatever they can to, to get back whatever they can. They don't want another Billy King, uh, <laughs> situation to happen, even though today, I think this is actually marks nine years that that horrible trade happened. Um, but I mean, I guess we have to wait and see, I'll get to the Kyrie in a second. Cause I want to hear what Harrison has to say about Katie and you as well. But, um, Hearing KD wants to go to the Heat, uh, but saying that he doesn't want Bam or Jimmy to be traded. It's like, uh, so what do you think the Nets are going to get returned? Tyler Hero and some picks? Yeah, great. That's exactly what they want. Um, Suns, uh, obviously, he doesn't want Booker or CP3 to be cha- uh, traded, which, again, is like, what do you think that they're trying to, they're trying to get Jay uh, Crowder? Like, let's... Let's be honest here. So there's going to be some moving pieces, which is why I think this trade, when it all boils down to the end, is going to be a multi-team trade. It's not going to be one straight up. Um, but I have been hearing and started to hear this more, being as we we'll get to Kyrie, is Kyrie and KD for Westbrook and AD. And I'll tell you right now, I will immediately burn everything that I own that is Nets merch and disown myself if that happens. So the floor is yours, whoever wants to go after that. I'll I'll take that one because I that's the trade I wanted to see from from like the moment KD said he wanted out. I was like, uh-huh. just package these two together and just get them out of here. Like it's like KD's just so delusional of like what his return is, but like at the same time, he like calls himself a god on Twitter, but then also like doesn't think anyone should come back and return for a trade for him. It's very wild. Yeah, but it's spot on KD as always. Like mm-hmm. the guy is just a nightmare in the head, um, and <laughs> it's just been a wild, wild ride. And kind of that's their whole situation is taken over free agency. I mean, yes. like there's been tons of deals and tons of guys signing places, but any all anyone is talking about is where's Kyrie going and where's KD going. Um, and I think that's the deal you ship out from day one. Like if you're in the Nets, you're looking for a star take Anthony Davis back. Like yes. what else are you getting at this point? Take Anthony Davis, take Russell Westbrook's salary, pack it in for a year or see if you can, you know, move off Russell Westbrook's salary and then move on. Like you cut your losses. Cause this just obviously is not a tenuous situation. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what you could actually get for Kevin Durant elsewhere. I mean, Deandre Ayton, I don't, you know, is there another big name? out there that you're going to get you mentioned he wants to go to Miami yeah it's it's Tyler Hero who who I like but you know Duncan Robinson who's gets paid way too much as ends a liability we didn't even see him in the playoffs yeah you know I I don't know also with the Lakers I don't know what else you could give him I mean Russ's expiring contract as you mentioned Harrison and a bunch of picks for like 10 years from now because they don't have anything in the in the near um but yeah, I think I, Sean Marks is a smart guy. Um, you know, he built a, a great team before Kyrie and and Durant kind of hijacked it. Um, you know, I no, I no, think not, don't say kind of. They did hijack it. Yeah, kind of. That's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It's yeah. it's uh it's entertaining to me, Sam, that this is all transpiring because that heat deal looks like that's something that could happen, but it literally can't happen due to rules in the NBA because Bam and Ben Simmons contractually cannot play on the same team because of their contracts. I so there's no way this. that can happen. Right. Yeah, right. So, I know there's been a lot of talk about this uh, the last like couple weeks. I didn't mm-hmm. even I didn't know about this stipulation. I didn't either. And when I play 2K, I turn all those like stipulations <laughs> off. So like the stipend rule, all that yeah, stuff, I, yeah. I turn all that off. Yeah. So yeah, and I saw Sorry, the whole yeah. list. Is there's like a ton of players that teams that he could go to, or they could just openly trade him to, or whatever the case. Obviously, with his approval, that cannot come back. Like I saw Ja Moran on there, which is like no way the Grizzlies are moving off Ja anyway. But still, just seeing like the names that were all on that list, I was just like, this is wild that this even exists. But I, I think the Nets have the upper hand in this situation. And I, I don't know if I said this to you. I know I definitely said it to one of my buddies is the Nets can sit pretty here because if Kyrie doesn't play, they're already used to Kyrie not playing anyway. So that's number one, right? Kyrie doesn't play. All right, cool. Then they can penalize him, get probably recoup most of the money anyway. And then Kyrie goes wherever he goes and they get nothing in return. Obviously, they don't want that to be the case, but nobody in the NBA wants Kyrie right now, except for the Lakers. Think about that. One of the greatest ball handlers that we've ever seen touch the hardwood. No team wants him because no team knows what he is going to do. Nike doesn't even want him. And he sells the, a lot of shoes. And he sell, yeah. he's got one of the best sneakers with Nike. And Nike doesn't even want him right now yeah. because they don't even know what he's going to do. And I think the Lakers are just desperate to move off of Russ's contract, too. I mean, of he course. makes a lot of money. He'll be a nice expiring deal for someone at, at some point but we'll talk about yeah. rust i mean it's 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 two it's two guards that we're talking about here that have fallen from grace one who is super uber talented still Kyrie, right Can still do whatever he wants to do balls on a string right but he's just considered to be a head case and kebs has too much baggage and then on the other hand you have westbrook who was going to be a first ballot hall of famer but Play has decreased. He's almost a spin image of another person that's on that team that's a free agent now. It's Carmelo Anthony that did not want to understand that he was falling from his grace. Russ, you got to understand that you're not the same person anymore. And it's ironic that John Wall, person that is playing in the same arena for a different team, has literally said, I'm cool with not being Batman. I'm going to be the third option. So whoever's the third defender that has to guard me, good luck. And he's right. He knows that he's taking a back seat to Paul George and Kawhi, right? So these guys got to realize it. But if we watch any professional athlete, especially what this league seems to be, there's a lot of egos going on here, especially with a lot of the names that we've already mentioned. It was so. tough because like Russ's game was never going to age gracefully. Like sure. that was like clear from the moment he won like MVPs. Like it was like, how does this guy translate when he's later in his career? And it was obvious that it just wasn't going to go well. Sure. I mean, he's kind of one of the most coveted pieces to me. Like that's a lot of money to be off in a year when you have one of the bet, one of the better draft classes in a long time. And, you know, you never know who's coming up in free agency. So, you know, I would want Russ, not just not for his play, but for that contract that's coming up, that's a lot of money off the books to be able to play with. So, 
I think, you know, we're talking about, you know, two other maligned point guards. Don't forget the third one that the Nets still have, and that's Ben Simmons. So that's true. I love thinking about like the uh, Fresh Prince meme where he's like alone in the living room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like, it's that's true. Ben Simmons after this is all said and done when KD is gone and Kyrie is gone. And then hopefully he's paired up with Russ because that'd be yeah. a fun pairing to watch Russ and Ben Simmons shooting. From oh, him. man. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, I would. Take, take my eyes now. The Nets oh. are just a comedy show right now, and it's you know I, I feel I feel semi bad. At, uh, two things here. The first is if KD and Kyrie go to LA, that fit is just it's gonna be like like a circus there. Like I I don't I mean LeBron is okay with with passing the ball and setting up other guys and. You know, he knows where his game's at at 37 or however old he is. But, you know, it's just going to be, man, to to see the three of them (laughs) playing together has got to be weird. You know, with a bunch of uh, mid-level exception guys or like just bottom of the roster guys. It's going to be really interesting. I just want to know how, like, how did we get here? Because now I'm hearing more, like, you know, I'm just watching as it happens is, all of a sudden you get Katie and Kyrie and, and just me speaking as a fan. It's like, great. This is amazing. Now let's see what happens because I've been, I'm an Eagles fan for those that haven't listened to the podcast before I've watched when Vince young and all these other players came to the Eagles and they were the dream team. So anytime I see a, a bunch of names assembled, just I'm scarred from that for life. So no matter what, when I see that, I'm just like, okay, let me just play my position. I'm happy. I'm happy that we got these names, but let's see. And then Kyrie does what Kyrie has done at every team that he's been with. And KD is doing KD. There's this is the one part of the whole thing that I think we should highlight. And I I think media is certain pieces of media is kind of starting to do this. Now, KD showed up when he was healthy. KD was there. There was there was nothing that KD didn't do in the court. Right. So he showed up. His counterpart, on the other hand, injured, didn't show up, right? Literally a, a toe away from going to the conference finals, right? So they were there. But this this goes into the next part that I want to ask you guys is what is the legacy of KD and Kyrie, right? So KD, when he was with OKC, loses to the Cavs, which is excuse me, the Heat, right? Loses to the Heat, which one of LeBron's best teams that he's ever been a part of, not one of the best teams he's ever been a part of. And then they can't beat the Warriors. So what does KD do? He leaves and he goes and joins the Warriors, right? Now, fast forward, First, the first time they get into the playoffs, they're, like I said, they're away, a shot away from basically, or toe away from going to the conference championship. And then now they get swept. The only team in the playoffs that gets swept this year. And now rumors are also saying that the Celtics are looking at him and the Warriors are looking at him and just him requesting to go to another team after not getting it done again. It's hard to not separate what happened in OKC and this again. So with me saying all that, what do you guys think is KD's legacy? And then we can go right into what do you think Kyrie's legacy is as well? Well, Katie's a tough one. He's just so unique in his situation and the way he's, you know, kind of carried his career out. I mean, obviously he's a top hmm, 20 talent. I mean, 
but like the resume and and he's got rings and it's tough. It's tough to say. I, I you know, and I don't want to put kind of a, a bookend on his career yet. I, I kind of want to see what this next chapter does for him. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, obviously, the Warriors titles were a little tainted, but obviously a title is a title at the end of the day. Um, but it was weird to see him kind of leave that OKC team and then take a backseat to Steph, even though he was, you know, kind of the main character at times. It was still that team was just so good when he got to it. Like, I remember when they, they signed him with the cap rules and I was like, this is nonsense. Like, I, I want to take a year off from watching this. Like, that's how stacked they were. Yeah. Um. So, you know, they obviously did what they were supposed to do. And then everyone was saying, oh, you have to leave. You have to leave. And then he left. And now he's in this situation. But, you know, I, I kind of want to see what he does next before I kind of put put a put a bookend on it. Um. Sure. He's such a good player. Like, you know, you know, he does all this, the BS off the court and like just it's weird to root for him. Um, but when he gets in a groove and he starts, you know, hitting those mid-range jumpers and and, and doing everything on the court, mm-hmm. it's just so, so good yeah. um, that it's hard to deny that. Um, and then, yeah, yeah go, go, ahead, ahead. go ahead. I won't even, I mean, with Kyrie, it's, it's a waste. Like, it's a waste. Like, he's literally Stefan Marbury to me. Like, he got the ring. <laughs> but it's such a waste. Like, he's so fun to watch when he's in a groove. Like the talent he has is off the charts. Watching him play is like poetry. Like he is the man, but he just can't get out of his own way. And it's so frustrating with these guys. Like just play the games, man. Just play the games. That's all. Yeah, that's a great, great point. I, the thing with KD, I mean, you, we could take all the shots at him off, off the court stuff with the, the Twitter and, and just even not even like the fake Twitter accounts, but like the clapping back of fans and whatnot. It's almost like at times I just don't even think, you know, he's got a plan. Like he's not calculated at all, like with all of this movement. Um, and it is the player movement era and all of that. But it's like you see a guy like LeBron and and all the clutch guys that have like a, a plan of like how they want to execute on and off the, the court. And it, I just kind of feel like, KD just gets bad advice you know, everywhere he turns, right? Like his his agent was a huge Knicks fan, but he's like, no, nah, I want to follow Kyrie to Brooklyn. And then like all of this happens. And it's like, it's not that New York would, you know, would have been any better for him. <laughs> this would have happened with the Knicks. It would have been even worse with yeah. the Knicks. But yeah. it's it's almost like it's he just doesn't have a plan. And he's just so impulsive and sensitive that he just kind of rides by the seat of his pants and you know, I, he, again, he's talented enough to do that, but you look at his legacy, this is going to be what, like his fifth team, two rings that he got on like a superstar team that didn't even need him. You know, it's like, it's going to be, it's going to be weird. Is he again, like a top 10? Could he be a top 10 all-time player? Probably, maybe, I don't definitely like top 20, but like, it's just, it's such a weird career. And yeah, I mean, you said it perfectly with Kyrie. I, you know, it's, it is a waste. It's, He's so freaking talented. It's just here's a guy with all the talent and and money, and he's just basketball's just not as important to him, and it, it just kind of shows, you know. Um, so yeah, it, it's a weird. Uh, we're in like a weird paradox with with these two because these careers could have went so differently, you know. I'll I'll say this just to end as we continue with some more basketball. Uh, for those that were going against Charles Barkley with what he was saying about him, doesn't look too wrong, does he? 
doesn't, to my, in my opinion, he does not look too wrong at all. I think Sam and I have spoken about this, but I, every time you see him to hit a, a tough patch, you essentially run and go and try to create a super team. And you're saying that you can't do it on your own. Now let's, let's be real about the do it on your own line, right? There's been nobody in the past 20 something years that has done it on their own, right? They have another uh, uh, all-star caliber player on their side may not be a superstar, right. But, you know, is a star in the league to actually do it. But it's just, it's crazy to me when we go back and look at the OKC team, like you had three hall of famers on one team, three, and they couldn't even get it done then. Right. And he was the head of that snake. And to your points, both of your points, you go to golden state who won before you won during you and won after you, and you still have not won without them. Right. And they've continued to win without you. So I think that's going to always be a, a, a sore point for him until he's able to get a ring. And I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. It really depends on where he's going to go. But the last thing is, I have been hearing a rumor now. OK. And the rumor sources. is now. Yep. I got I'll be I'm diving out here. Apparently, the Nets think that they have a chance of keeping them both and more specifically KD, because they feel that, as we know and mentioned, KD is a very emotional person and very reactive person. And hearing all that was going on with Kyrie before he signed his extension, that's when he demanded his trade. And now that things are calming down, KD has gone dark on Twitter, gone dark on multiple things. So who knows? I personally, as a Nets fan, if let's just cut ties now and just get this on and go with. But if KD, you want to stay, I'm going to be upset with it. But uh, speaking of staying, let's jump into extensions, 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 holy extensions. Um, a lot of players uh, have been getting some crazy extensions. So the top four to me, um, but I'll mention all the other ones, is Devin Booker, Dame Lillard. Zion and Jokic um, also Zach Levine because he got a huge deal as well too um, but you have Eric Garland you have Bradley Beal which I told Sam that he was going to stay with the Wizards but I'm pretty sure you agree with me anyway um, all signing uh, huge extensions uh, I do want to talk about Dame's extension uh, and also Bradley Beal's extension uh, with Bradley Beal's extension uh, there is a he waived the no trade clause. So he can essentially be traded at some point in time, um, which is very big to note. Um, I would love to see Bradley Beal go and team up with the likes of, you know, Dame Lillard, because uh, that would be great. Um, but I know they're banking on uh, Anthony Simmons, who they just also extended as well, too. I know that's one of Harrison and my favorite player. We really, really enjoy that young player as well. I think, Sam, you also like Anthony Simmons from. I like him, but, you know, $100 million. Is well, like yeah, well, they're they're trying money. to get a. Uh, I get a it. Cheaper version of CJ, which yeah. is basically what they're banking on. Oh, I mean, I get it. You have to. You, mm-hmm. you got to pay it. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, look at that, like max money for Zion, like. And some of these other guys on this list, you have to pay it, but yeah. it's kind of like you're just a prisoner of the market too. Cause it's, I look at Zion's like they're actually getting a deal down in New Orleans and they needed to tie him up anyway. 
right. uh, because at least you have some room to have some leverage to potentially move him um, and get some pieces back without yeah. having him walk. Right. But also if Zion comes back this year or in the next two years, he balls absolutely out and he's the player that we think he could be, they got him at a deal. Right. So we can see what happens for Dame's contract. Um, I love that he's super loyal. Um, our, our group outside of outside of this, Sam, as I've told you, I very big on keeping up on people very, very early. Uh, and when I say our group, I'm talking about Harrison and like Dame, who's also been on the show and a couple other friends. We've been on Dame Lillard for quite some time. And I mean, way before he even sniffed the league. Um, we love pretty much everything about him. I love his loyalty, but he's not going to win a ring in Portland unless they bring somebody there. And it's sad because I know he's not going to go. And I know what he's trying to do is, Hey, I didn't, I didn't come to Portland. You guys came to me and we built the super team. He doesn't want to go and build the super team somewhere else, but it's going to get to the point that Dame's going to have to be like, or somebody's going to be like, yo, bro, you're not going to get it here. Like, it's just not going to happen. But on the other side of the extensions, which it wasn't really extension. And I actually am, I think he should get his, his flowers for this. James Harden took a pay cut. And I think that is a huge, huge, huge deal because it did just free up some space for them to get PJ Tucker. Uh, But I I love the fact that he did this because this now gives them some maneuverability. They brought more defense in. Uh, I think they also signed a shooter if I remember correctly as well, but this is a good move and James pretty much probably understood that he wasn't going to get what he wanted to get, which was a max deal, but he could have just opted in and took that money and he did, but took a pay cut. So I'm curious to hear what you guys think about all these extensions and also Harden taking his cut. Yeah. I think with the rookie extensions, it's really just like controlling an asset. I hate to look at players as assets, but that's essentially what we're talking about and what they are. And it's just, securing locking these guys in so they can either be moved or you know by the team or they can force their way out like of course like Bradley Beal is getting paid a ridiculous amount of money but it's a smart move for him it's a smart move for Washington if they're ever going to get anything from him and I also think I read somewhere that he's got the only no trade clause in the NBA is Bradley Beal like if you're a Washington Wizards fan you can't be happy about that but um yeah I Good, good for Harden. I didn't think I thought he'd take the money. Um, I, I like what the Sixers too. have done in the offseason. Um, I really like what the Celtics have done, too. I guess we'll get to that. But, um, yeah, that's my take. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I'll just go back to Dame real quick because, obviously, he's been one of my favorite players for a long time, and he's just kind of like the anti-KD. So, like, <laughs> like uh, Sam was saying, like, he has a plan. Like, his management team has a plan, and he's built out like what his um, kind of legacy is. And that's like loyalty. And obviously, you know, that doesn't mean he's gotten a ring, um, but he's kind of loyal to his core um, and he won't move off until they move him. Um, And that, that's just, that's kind of where he's laid his ground. And, you know, Portland's going to have to move him sooner or later. Um, They're kind of in a no direction zone. Um, I I like the Simon signing. Um, They're doing good things. They're just young and they just don't have that extra piece. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously they're going to, it's a hard time moving off that contract extension he signed now. 
Um, but Dame's still got a couple years prime in his career. Um, and he's, he's such a good player. And, you know, I would love to see him go somewhere where he has a chance. But if he was a Portland Trailblazer for life, that's fine, too. Like, that's his cement. His legacy is cemented. Yep, absolutely. Um, and, you know, he's respected all the way across the league. So, you know, um, it's it's tough. But then, you know, like you said with Harden, I thought he would take the max, too. I thought he would hold their feet to the fire. So mm-hmm. that definitely changes some narrative about him. Yep. Um, and that's a smart move on his part for for narrative perspective. Like, obviously, you want all the money and whatever people are saying about you doesn't really matter. But that definitely gives the Sixers a legit chance. Like they're, you know, Embiid is, you know, a, a top three player in the league yeah. some, at times. Um, and if Harden can get back to something similar um, to what he, what he was on the Rockets, um, I don't see why they can't come out the East and, and be a title contender. So he's kind of seeing his last chance here. Um, and like Sam said, with the other guys, it, it's all about, you know, controlling those rookies. Um, Zion and Garland and, um, you know, it's kind of keeping them in lock so that you can move them later. Um, and it's all smart moves and they all make sense. So um, we'll still see some more shakeup. You know, I, I can't see Beal rotting away on the Wizards. I can't see Willard staying, being on the Trailblazers for much longer. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, for one, uh, one move that I don't understand, I know it's next here on our little rundown that we make, but Rudy Gobert to the T-Wolves. I don't I mean not that like Carl Anthony Towns is definitely a 21st century big man right I mean he won the three-point shooting contest he's not necessarily like a post-up guy but like this fit I I don't quite understand maybe someone on this podcast can enlighten me because when it happened I was like you know we thought he was going to get moved but to to Minnesota I was what the hell's going on I'll let you take this one, Harrison. <laughs> I don't get it either. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe they're trying something revolutionary. Uh, maybe they're going, maybe they've said, all right, let's go David Robinson and Tim Duncan twin towers. <laughs> I, throwback to the early, to the late nineties. I, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously the talent is there. Like having go bear on the back line is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, having cat more outside is probably better for you. And then you got Anthony Edwards, obviously, who is going to be a superstar, like Man. an absolute superstar. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, the, the pieces are there, but the fit is weird. Well, it's just something we haven't seen in a long time. So I, yeah. I won't write them off, but I, I just need to see it. Yeah, no, that's fair. I won't write them off either. I just yeah. don't get it. Like it's, <laughs> it's confusing, especially trading all those. I mean, the players, like, yeah. one thing, but like, yeah, you know, all those picks too. It was, you know, good for uh good for Utah because that was 100 yeah. percent The haul they got for Gobert is out of control. And that's definitely what held up KD getting moved because it's yep. like, oh, well, this was for Gobert. Like, yeah. but no one had yeah. that to offer. Like, why yeah. was that the haul? I don't I didn't get it. That's why the Nets are sitting there like, oh, that's what you got for him. Cool. So now we're gonna get all this then, right? They're basically and, just trying right. to get the bit. So and I just got something from Bleacher Report said that. That rival GMs think that Donovan Mitchell is going to get moved to. Yep. So yep. what's the price for Donovan Mitchell? Because if you're paying paying what you paid for Gobert, you know, gotta say that Mitchell is a, you know, I would be a better player. Yeah. I mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised if he's moved to the Heat, um, because that's who the Heat are looking at next if KD doesn't work. Um, and if you don't know. His uh, relationship with D Wade, who his game is very, very similar to, they're very, very close. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. But let's let's talk about 
what the Jazz got in return, as you guys talked about briefly. So they got Patrick Beverly, Malik Beasley, Jarrett Vanderbilt, uh, Leandro Bolmero, and the draft rights uh, for the 2022 number 22 overall pick, um, Walker Kessler. Uh, unprotected first-round picks uh, for 2023, 2025, 2027, and a first-round pick swap in 2026, and a top-five protected pick in 2029. Um, <laughs> needless to say, I feel that the Jazz won this, um, even though they may be losing uh, Donovan. I, I, I honestly think that they're going to set themselves up for the future. Uh, with all these picks that they have. So kudos to them. Um, but I, I'm really intrigued to see what's going to happen with Rudy and, and Kat. Like, it's just, it's interesting. I'm also ha happy that Kat's turned his career around because it uh, wasn't looking too good at one point. So I'm, I'm very, very happy for him. But um, uh, DeJounte Murray went to the Hawks. Super excited about that trade. Um, that that when I saw that happen, like I heard that all of a sudden it was like, yeah, Spurs are looking to move. And I was like, why? That's like your best player. And I was right. Like, and he's young okay. and he's under control for a while. And he doesn't make that much money in comparison to other point guards. Correct. Yeah. So I was just like, hmm, what's what's going on? But then I also started thinking about it is once you start thinking about that Spurs camp, they do things strategically over there as well, too. But this did not make sense and fit what they normally do. But for the Hawks. This is huge. Now you have Trey Young and DeJounte Murray together. And you also have, uh, why can't I think of his name? Big man. Oh, um, well, I mean, John Thank Collins you. is still there. And then you have. For, uh, for now. Hello. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I think they're trying to uh, inch up on that uh, leaderboard in the East. Uh, and they're going to need it because the top is, is heavy, but I love this move for a young team. Um, I, I think they're a couple pieces away of being like a true contender in the East, but they have shooting. They have a versatile two-way player with Murray. I love, 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 love that trade. Love it. So. Yeah. I mean, I love it for both teams. I mean, obviously the Spurs are going to go into tank mode. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Victor Wembanyama is just an unreal prospect. He's, and I, yeah. I know he just signed two years in France, but you can get out of that pretty easily and he'll be, if he comes out next year, he's easily the number one. And that's like Chet Holmgren, but like better. <laughs> like he, he's he's an absolute monster. Yeah. So a lot of teams are going to be setting up to kind of put themselves in the bottom tier for this guy. And then with DeJounte Murray, like the Hawks needed something. And I wasn't sure what would fit with them. And they were a kind of weird fit. I mean, with Trey Young, he has the ball so much. Correct. But you can't really win with a, a guard that's about six feet. Um, you know, controlling the ball that much, especially playoff time. So to have DeJounte Murray come in and, and hopefully take some, you know, pressure off him on the ball, you move Trey off the ball a little bit, um, you know, take on that Kevin Huerta role and, and you know, he's out now. But, you know, to get Trey off ball and, and open him up a little bit more um, and get a bigger guard with some defense, that that's a that's a really good fit for them. And, and I just wasn't sure what their next move was going to be. But this is definitely a good one. Yeah, I, qu I question how both were going to exist in that backcourt, but it, it's going to eventually be Trey's got to be off the ball a little bit more. I think I think you have when you get a guy like Deontay Murray, you got to imagine that he's going to be, you know, in possession of the ball a little more than or, you know, meaning that Trey's got to get off a little bit. And he's such a weird trade. 
you know, there's a lot of slant Trey slander. Um, <laughs> Trey I, I like Trey. I like Trey Young. There's a lot of his game is definitely uh, it's interesting. But, you know, I, I think this can fit at first. That, that was another move where I was kind of like. Two ball dominant guards in the same mm-hmm. backcourt, but we've seen it before. Um, they're, you know, they're doing it right in Atlanta, I think. Um, and, you know, you still got shooters on that team like Bogdanovich and um, we'll see. Well, I mean, yeah, he was talking about. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, same. Like he was Trey fan. Like it's just, I just didn't know what the next step in his career was going to be. And he's going to have to evolve his game because it's just the way he plays now is, is super exciting and fun to watch, but not winning basketball. Yep. It's, it's sad, but it, it is very, very true, but I'm sure he'll, He'll change that up. He's going to have to. There's there's really no choice. And if he doesn't, then he's going to end up down a path that uh, Russell Westbrook can't even say that tongue twister. OK, <laughs> um, speaking of guards and teams that are really doing it right. I did a little audible on you guys because I mentioned the other guy's name a little bit earlier. But Malcolm Brogdon going to the Celtics. I think that was huge, 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 huge. They gave up nothing for him. Yeah, nothing. I know yep. he's hurt a lot, but like. But if he can stay healthy, you got yeah. another guy that can actually is a ball dominant guard that can control the tempo. That is a big body. And that's what they needed. And that's what they lost. So what did they do? They immediately addressed it and was like, uh, we'll, we want Malcolm Brogdon and we're going to give you a washing machine. Yeah, it's pretty Done. much what what happened. And then to to pair it with Gallinari, who yep. was bought out by the recently mentioned Hawks. I really like that move, too. Mm-hmm. And and the Celtics gave up none of their starting lineup or core pieces from a team that made it to the finals. And you have Tatum and Brown entering their prime if they're not already in it. Well, they better do something with them soon because they're both not going to be able to stay there too much longer. Brad Stevens is like channeling Danny age. It's like, you better do his best because I'm telling you right now, he's got maybe two, two, two more years left. I'd say. With keeping him, I don't even know when Jalen Brown's contract is up. I think it might be up next year. It's up before Tatum because yeah. he was drafted before Tatum. Correct. Right. So yeah, I just have I just have small questions about Brogdon, meaning because I just haven't watched the Pacers game in like the last five years. So um, I, I think he's still good. I mean, I, I remember him being good. <laughs> I just haven't watched him in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then also, like, what are the Pacers doing? Like, what what is going on over there? Like, that's Indiana basketball. Like, I, I know you guys remember, you know, Indiana Knicks and Indiana Heat. And then, but like, they just haven't been relevant in a long, 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 long time. Uh, it's curious to me. I love the Halliburton move, but yeah, I mean, you can, you know, I guess it makes sense to come off of Brogdon there. I, I don't know, Miles Turner, how long he's going to stay well with the Pacers, but you know what the next move is, which they've been talking about this nonstop is DeAndre Ayton. They've been talking about a sign and trade yeah. with the Suns. So that's their next move. So I feel like Brogdon was probably like a salary cut, salary casualty, just a clear space to try to get Ayton because he's going to get a max deal. Um, so I guess they're, they're going to try to build. He's going to be the cornerstone of their team with Halliburton there or whatnot. So I I'm intrigued to see what the Pacers do because they legit have not been relevant since Paul George has left. So good luck with that. Um, Aiden, Steve, Aiden is not that guy. I, I know he's not and it sucks, but <laughs> I mean, the Suns know that too, which is why they were like, yeah, now nah, we're just going to play Devin Booker. Cause we know he's that guy. And uh, 
yeah, we're just gonna see what we got here. So I'm just curious to see. I just hope my boy uh uh Miles Bridges, I got it right this time, Sam, because I know I'd normally say Malcolm. Um, <laughs> but Miles will be uh I hope he steps up and I hope Cam Johnson steps up as well, too. But speaking of stepping up, and this hurts me to say it, uh, but uh this guy that came out of Duke that was the number one player harrison is smiling he i know he's enjoying this way too much uh he i can't is, wait till we're on video for the guy. people to see <laughs> oh we got it coming soon we'll put a clip out for it um but paulo banchero uh is absolutely the real deal uh and the magic the magic made the right choice uh in this situation from what it seems like because he literally was bullying everybody in the two games that he had played um, I did hear that he said that he had a chip on his shoulder still because in mock drafts, he wasn't considered to be number one. It's like, bro, I get it. You got to find an edge. I understand that, but you were the number one overall pick relax. Uh, but absolutely, uh, was bodying, uh, teams in the two games that he played. Um, I think he also played, uh, Jabari Smith in one of those games, if I remember correctly. Um, but the magic shut him down. Uh, they basically said, yeah, you, we know what you, we got at you. Let's not get you injured. Let's sit you down because you are the future. So let's go sit you down. So, and they shut him down right before the matchup that I'm sure a lot of us wanted to see that were intrigued was, which was the magic and OKC uh, playing each other to see the matchup against one and two, which two was Chet Holgram, um, who has absolutely glown up in the summer league, uh, I know everybody's been talking about putting the weight on. They did the same thing with KD. No, I'm not comparing him to KD. Just talking about body frame wise. Um, I'm sure he'll put more weight on, but even with not having the more weight, he's still asserting his dominance. But this is also the summer league as well. We know that some of these players are going to be in G League. Some of these players aren't, and some are going to be in the league. So uh, the real test for him and his uh, – frail frame will be once he gets to the actual league in the show but i do like what okc is building out there so uh with that being said what do you guys think of these two picks uh how far do you think they're gonna go and was were they both the right choices for their teams so i'll start um i put absolutely like zero stock in summer league <laughs> um fair they just they they're running vanilla offenses. It's just against you know it's like a step up from college. Maybe mm -hmm. I've been to uh, Vegas during summer league. It's hot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, obviously I'm I'm big on Paulo um, and I'm big on Chet. I think mm -hmm. you know Chet his his defensive like flashes are simply incredible, and the way he like blocks balls and gets to yes. certain angles is like it, it's stuff that you haven't seen in a long time. Um, I'm not concerned about his frame. He'll definitely get bullied a bit, but I think he'll make up for it with his length and his timing. Um, I, 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 OKC is is doing it right. Like they they stack those picks. They seem to be making the right picks. I, I really like Josh Giddy. I, I really like you know Chet. Um, you know, hopefully they can hang on to SGA. He's he's a super super talented guard. Um, Dort is is incredible, and, and they're just doing the right things and. Hopefully they can turn that into something. You never know in the NBA with young guys and how they all mold and mesh together. Um, but they seem to be on the right path. Um, as far as Orlando and, and and Paulo, like they they did it right. Like he's he's obviously a a, a generational um, you know offensive talent. 
Um, he's got all the moves. He does the right things. He he can shoot it. He can he can go in the post. He can finish. Like he he is a guy. Um, so you know I'm excited to see how they do the first couple of years. Um, I don't expect too much of of either of those teams. Um, but but we'll see you know kind of how they develop and and what their next steps will be. Yeah, I liked we talked before and after the draft. Really like Benchero's game. Um, I guess that if you believe all the mock drafts and stuff. You know, I, I still don't understand why the Magic didn't make a big deal about taking him and just kind of were like stealth about it. But um, yeah, I really like his game and his defensive game will get better. The cramping stuff bother, would bother me a little bit. Um, and I, I like Holmgren. I like what um, the Thunder are doing, just now going to be able to bully teams with all these picks. And um, yeah, I think Holmgren will, will get bigger, but not to mention 2k again but like it kind of looks like when you put the wingspan like all the way to like <laughs> oh yeah like when he's in like the yeah. b-roll during the draft where he's doing like the stand-up stuff he's got the wingspan of like a pterodactyl it's like insane um but yeah he's a special player and i i don't think any of these three teams including the rockets here you know could have made again this could be a freezing cold take soon but with Jabari Smith and the other two guys we just mentioned, you know, not many drafts have this much talent at the top. And if it all plays out the way it should, and we think it will be, you know, it's going to be three special players in the NBA. Yeah. I, I like what all three teams are doing. Um, they're, they're taking their time. They're, they're essentially farming young talent. Right. And yeah, the league may not be paying attention to what's going on there, but real basketball fans are paying attention to what's going on, especially in Houston. Like to me, that's what they're building in Houston is going to be crazy. They're getting uber athletic players in Houston. And if it all, if it all joins together in the way that I think it is and melts together, I think they're going to have a crazy team that you're going to be very hard to stop because they're just going to be that athletic. Um, Okay. See love what they're building and also love what they're doing with the, uh, uh, the magic as well. Uh, But Enough of basketball for now. Um, let's get to the NFL. And as Sam <laughs> talked about at the top of the show, is his favorite player, Baker Mayfield. Do not let him mm-hmm. lie to you and tell you that it's not. Um, the uh, Johnny Manziel stepbrother is what I'll call him, um, but is not as cool <laughs> as Mormon Manziel, who is your Mormon quarterback. Uh, so anyway. Uh, Zach Wilson's so the man. He, he is. I mean, it's more, I told you I will refer to him as Mormon Manziel. I will not call him anything else. Um, so you will have to tell the people who I'm talking about. But uh, Baker was traded to the Panthers. Um, as Sam mentioned before, it's an honorary do you care. Uh, I think for the most part, none of us really do. Uh, but uh, the Panthers' first game of the season is against the Browns. Uh, so this will all depend on what Baker does in the off season, um, during, uh, OTAs or excuse me, uh, training camp, um, see what he actually does. And if he can take it over from Sam Darnold, which I feel bad for Sam, cause I, one of the only UFC players that I actually like, uh, Harrison, screw your team. Um, so Baker today was, uh, was introduced to uh, the Panthers and he said the following um, basically uh, shocked. He was talking about his time with what was happening with the Browns. He said shocked, I would say is pretty much the only way to describe it. Uh, but you roll with the punches and you've got to move forward. This is a test of adversity. 
how I'm going to handle it and how I can move forward and be the best teammate possible. So uh, <laughs> Lewis Riddick said something today that I absolutely love that he said, and I think I'm going to say it speaks for all of us and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but Lewis Riddick said, you know what I like, what I would like the best is if Baker just stopped talking. And I could not agree with him more because Baker, we don't care what you're saying. I haven't cared what you were saying when you were in college. And I still don't. You've been a cocky player to me from the beginning. You reminded me of Johnny Manziel. Your career is panning out like Johnny Manziel so far right now. Um, not to say that he can't do something special with the Panthers. I mean, that's possible, uh, but I doubt it. Um, but it, Baker, we don't need to hear you justify what happened, what didn't happen. The way you can get everybody to pretty much shut up is just go out there and prove them wrong on the field. That's it. That's really, really it. But I don't think he has the ability to do that. Um, so good luck if you're a Panthers fan. Uh, this is really what I have to say about that. Man, this just <laughs> I'm sitting on the beach. I'm enjoying a cocktail or two and get a text messages from Brandon. Like, yo, did you see this? Cause that's what we do all day. And it's like Panthers trade for Mayfield. Like it finally happens. And I'm like, man, is this a move to try to save your butt more than I've ever seen one with Matt rule and whoever's in charge of the Panthers? Because it's like desperation throwing stuff against the wall to see if it sticks. You're spending over $30 million combined for, Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. And we've talked on this podcast when Sam Darnold was still a Jet. And yes, I'm a Jets fan and I will always love Sam Darnold, but he continues and he he did this at USC. He continues to make the same bad decisions. He can't hold on to the football. And when he can, he throws it to the other team way too often. And it hasn't been corrected since he was in college. And now you got the all-time, like, I don't know if I'm intrigued by this quarterback controversy or, or you know, preseason matchup, like, what's going to happen here, more or less. Like, it's going to be a complete, like, dumpster fire. <laughs> and I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers beat the Browns in week one because there's going to be no Deshaun Watson, and who knows, you know, what the rest of that team's going to, to be. And then we got to hear more Baker Mayfield yapping and yapping and if he wasn't a first round pick like or a number one overall pick you know it's i think less and less people would care i don't know makes no yeah, sense yeah i mean for me baker mayfield just kind of stinks so i mean i i have no really interest in his career or how it pans out nor do i really care about the panthers or nor do i really care about the browns so like I'm sure you guys have talked about this ad nauseum on, on previous podcasts and I just, I have nothing to add to it. That, that works. Uh, that works. I mean, I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm intrigued to see what happens with the Browns uh, because it, it's been Dame, Dame and Mai's dark horse for, for years, right. We've, we've been trying to champion the Brown and now they finally actually got like some comparable pieces, but and then they go and do uh, a Browns type move is you go out and get a super controversial quarterback that, yes, when he was playing, uh, was one of the top quarterbacks in the league. But you don't even know if he's going to play or not or what's going to happen. And you give him all this money uh, up front with all the controversy still going on. So, I mean, that's a Browns move through and through. But um, 
That's I only care about what the Browns do. I can if, care less what Baker. Yeah, Baker if does. he can't get it done with with that, I know the division's hard and the NFC South is much isn't nearly as hard. But if he can't get it done with Beckham and Landry and that defense and Nick Chubb and a pretty good offensive line at the time, I know he, you know they've had runs and stuff and they had big wins like over the Steelers and stuff. But if you can't get it done there, I don't, I don't know what. You know, I, I like the personnel and Panthers. Obviously, they have a great running back, and mm-hmm. I like DJ Moore a lot. Um, but I just I don't see it, man. I, I, I funny thing is, is the wide receiver that you didn't mention doesn't see it either, Robbie Anderson. But that's a whole other thing. Have fun, Robbie. Um, so <laughs> top sucks quarterback, to suck, in the league. Robbie. Yeah, he does. Yeah, sucks. Sucks to suck, bro. I mean, I. I love Robbie's talent, but I mean, geez, yeah. he's went from the Jets to the Panthers, and well, he just got terrible quarterbacks and quarterbacks. So. To be fair, I've watched Robbie Anderson with the Jets for four years, and when he first came to the team, all he could do was run straight, mm-hmm. and he he did develop into a pretty good route runner. Um, but but still, yeah. I mean, Baker's not going to get the ball to him because no, he can't throw it that no. far. So. And I honestly think that the Panthers' offensive line is way worse off than the Browns, and the Browns actually have a solid <clears throat> offensive line. So have fun running for your life, buddy. Um, speaking of quarterbacks. Joe Douglas, finesse king, by the way. I mean, don't, Just don't, stealing don't. picks from the Panthers. Joe's, Joe's my dude. Um, Go on. Where would Baker Mayfield be on this next list? Huh? <laughs> where would Baker Mayfield be on this list? If there was a list about the list that he shouldn't be on this list, he would be on that one and probably the number one on that one. Uh, should not be on this list. Baker, number one. Um, so top quarterbacks in the league, per Jeremy Fowler's report uh, that he scrounged up from talking to top personnels uh, in the NFL. This is the top quarterbacks in the league. So number one, Aaron Rodgers. Number two, Mahomes. Number three, Josh Allen. Number four, Brady. Five, Joe Burrow. Six, Matthew Stafford, seven, Justin Herbert, eight, Russell Wilson, nine, Deshaun Watson, which is probably one of the more surprising things on here, 10, Dak Prescott. There's a name that is missing from here uh, that just doesn't make any sense to me at all that he's not on there, and that's Lamar Jackson. Uh, I just don't – yes, he's 11. Um I put Lamar ahead of Dak. I put him ahead of Deshaun because we haven't seen Deshaun play football in what a, a whole year, two years now, one, two years. Right. So haven't seen him play yet. Lamar could have won the MVP again. Right. Um, <laughs> Justin Herbert. So I would put him at eight. No, I put him at nine is where I would put him because I might even put him higher than Russ because Russ, I love Russ to death, and I know Harrison, that's your guy. I love Russ to death, but I would put him above him because Russ cooks, but Russ wasn't doing too much cooking with that terrible Seattle team. And Lamar has been cooking the league uh, when they said he couldn't be a quarterback. So I, I, I definitely would put him probably at at eight, put Russ at nine, and then put Dak at ten. Um, and I would not have Deshaun on there at all. Um, but what was this list based off of? It's just pure it's, talent at it's not like supporting team or it's it's just what rival was, I, I guess GMs he, are saying he, about he took what the GMs, saw the headlines personnel, all of them there, and he, he yeah. explained his system for what he did. 
but this is how he came up with it after using that information and going from there. So, I mean, I get Aaron Rodgers. I know people were trying to argue Tom Brady being uh, two or one. And it's like, I see why Rodgers is one. He won two MVPs back to back. He literally the quarterback that can put the ball anywhere. Yes. If we're talking about rings, Brady would be number one in this list, right? Uh, Brady's also way older than Aaron Rodgers. Um, but, I mean, he's still super productive and had one of his best seasons last year. So, I mean, I, it's hard for me to put anybody over Allen or Mahomes if it's not Rodgers. It's just those two are the future. And when Rodgers retires, which could be any moment now, and Tom Brady retires – I can see that just being those two at the top, no matter what, with seeing if Herbert will make it there and, and Joe Burrow, if he continues to excel the way that he has. But though this is a pretty interesting list, especially the whole snub of Lamar Jackson. So uh, I will leave the floor to you guys and, and tell me what you think of this list that has been uh, curated. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously I took it as, you know, ranking the top QBs heading into next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that said, I have wild beef with like the middle of this list. Like the top end of the list is fine. Like mm-hmm. Rodgers, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Brady. Okay. Five through 10. I just don't understand. Like I, for me, it's Russ at five mm-hmm. then it's Lamar. Then it's Burrow. Five, six, seven, Burrow. Then toss up. Like, I mean, you know, with, with Stafford, like I, yes, he won a Super Bowl, but like I, I, he was never that top echelon QB to me. He was always kind of like, he had the stats, but more of a game kind of manager, never won anything with the Lions. And obviously one big with the Rams with like one of a, a historic defense. So to me, he's, he's fine, but not, not at this top level. Um, Justin Herbert, like I haven't seen you do anything yet. Uh, that that's weird to be on there. And then Dak Prescott is Dak Prescott. And then Deshaun Watson, we haven't seen in a year plus. So uh, the, the middle section is really weird to me. Um, But, you know, it's predictions and rankings and, you know, different opinions and all that. And that's kind of what rankings are. And this got a lot of clicks, got a lot of hits yesterday and ESPN model. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. It did what it was supposed to do. That's for sure. Sam got people got people talking, right? Yeah. Like like this. And uh yeah, I like didn't like Lamar Jackson's game in general. I think especially being a small guy, you saw what happened to guys like Michael Vick and, and whatnot. But he, but Lamar's shown that he can stay in the pocket and he's got a cannon and he can with lack of a receiving core, really. I mean, Hollywood Brown is good, but like probably failed expectations right like probably expected a little more from him and you have the tight end who who's great but other than that who are you throwing the ball to um and you know i i like rashad bateman hopefully that works out for him but um so i think lamar belongs on this list again i i hate the conversation i like matt stafford um he's probably getting into hall of fame and i don't it's just this is where we are with the Hall of Fame conversation. But you look at it like Rogers back to back MVPs. I don't like him personally, but he's still <laughs> the prototype of yeah. a quarterback yeah. that you want in this league. The footwork, the accuracy, the mental makeup, 
you know, on the field, not off. The field, <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the arm and the arm to go with it. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is on this trajectory is probably hall of famer Brady. No, no shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess I agree with you, Harrison. Like I like Burrow a lot. I like Herbert a lot. Watson would be a top five quarterback if, if we knew what he was. Yeah. Um, and for being a cowboy hater, I actually like Dak Prescott. But I, I think probably, Dak. yeah, I don't mind Dakota. I, yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. If I'd have to pop anyone off this list, it would either be Watson or or Stafford to, to me to get Lamar in there. But at the end of the day, if this was a do you care segment, I would say I don't care. That's fair. And I also think that if we're talking about looking going into next season. I, I think when we have this conversation next year, Russ is going to be way higher. He'll be in the top five. I'm just telling you right now, this, this Broncos team is about to be an absolute monster. And yeah. I don't think they're talking about it enough. I really do not. I've watched plenty of programs, whether it be uh, on the NFL Network or on ESPN or on Fox Sports 1. And I do not hear them talking about what the Broncos are really have done and what type of juggernaut I believe they're going to be. I, I'm just going to say, just watch out because Russ is happy that he, he now has a team around him. He has already some good players there, but he also has new owners that are looking to spend more money. So if he does well, what do you think is going to happen? He's going to get a bigger and better contract, right? So this is perfect for him. I <laughs> just watch out for the Broncos is all I'll say. And Herbert, I- that division is just so tough. Yeah, it is. So it is. Tough, it is. It's it's going to be interesting. Um, I just really want to see what Herbert's going to do, right? Because I, I also think that he's getting a what is this going to be year three for him, right? And he's not getting talked about as much as Jalen Hurts and Tua a Tug of are getting talked about. They're talking about losing their jobs, but yet I haven't seen Herbert outside of the first season do anything. Well, so I mean, he put up like 5,000 yards. I mean, right? yeah, but where are they going? They haven't gone. Well, anywhere. that's true. I mean, they've, they've, they didn't look great down the stretch and no. lost a lot of games. They probably should have won. And I know they went and they, they bolstered up that defense for sure. I'm not, that's going to be a problem this year. Right. But it's, well, yeah, that, as Harrison mentioned, that division's going to be so tough. Yes. One of these teams is not making the playoffs for sure. At least for one. Sure. For and sure. that's going to be, that's weird. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're all playoff caliber teams. Like, like I, I like Justin Herbert. I, I think he's super talented, and I got give him more time, obviously. But I, when you're in a division as a you know a rookie or a sophomore QB against Patrick Mahomes, like you're gonna lose. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're just gonna yeah. lose. So yeah, it's hard. Um, but no, that division is going to be the best division in football next year. Like that, it's gonna be a dogfight, and it's gonna be fun to watch, and it's gonna see be fun to watch Patrick Mahomes like rebound from what people say is a mediocre year for him, which is ridiculous, but it is what it is. And then to have Russ over in the, on the Broncos and Justin Herbert trying to prove himself there, that that's going to be, you know, the best division of watching football. Sam, did you say the, uh, when's that NFL ticket thing going into play next year? Uh, yeah. So Roger Goodell, I, I think this is the last year for direct TV okay. rights for Sunday ticket, but Roger Goodell all but said, um, that NFL ticket's going to be on a streaming service next year. So you have to imagine it's going to be Apple, uh, 
Apple TV Plus that just bought rights to the MLS. ESPN Plus has got to be in play, especially their relationship with with the NFL and bringing over, you know, all the talent on the air that they have, like Joe Buck and, and Troy and um, what they want to do with ESPN Plus. And then you have, you know, you can't count on Amazon, who's bringing all that talent over and, and really getting into sports uh, broadcasting with, you know, they're doing stuff with the Yankees and they're going to have that Thursday night football thing with Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet. So, um, yeah, next year there's going to be a uh, a new home for NFL ticket, and I can't be more excited because I've never had DirecTV, and I will happily shell out the 200 bucks to watch every football game. Well, I did have DirecTV, and it always used to piss me off every year that they would give the new members the crazy deal, and it's like, yeah, no, you people that have already been here, you don't get a deal. You got to pay full price. Oh, cool. Really? Um, and I end up getting whatever deal the new people would get every year. But that's neither here nor there. Um, speaking of deals, somebody might get dealt. And uh, that somebody is my guy, porn star Jimmy, a.k.a. Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, he might be going to uh, the Seahawks. Uh, this is the rumor that has been talked about over and over again now since Russ was traded. Uh, I'm really curious to see if this is ever going to happen. If the Niners are ever going to give Trey Lance an actual chance, uh, to, to play and lead San Fran. Do you think this gets done this year? Do you think that Jimmy G will get traded and that Lance will be the guy to start so they can see where he's at? I think the 49ers didn't expect Jimmy Garoppolo to be this good because they traded a haul to get Trey Lance, right? Three number one picks. And there's really nowhere for Jimmy to go. I mean, there's some talk about the Seahawks, but if I'm the Seahawks, just like I was criticizing the Panthers, I would just kind of tank and wait for this class, the Seahawks, the draft class, because the Seahawks team is not going anywhere, especially in the NFC West. And uh, this has got to be like a Sam Bradford to the Eagles move where it's like, just wait for the preseason someone to get hurt get desperate deal you a first or a second round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo because that cap hits huge and at some point they got to turn the ball over to to Trey Lance I don't know if he's ready he's barely played football in two or three years now but you know they they have a lot invested in this kid and at some point you got to imagine Kyle Shanahan's ready to see what he can do yeah, I mean, probably should have put this in like the do you care segment for me. I mean, you know, <laughs> if, if the Seahawks can get him for a cheap price, sure, sure. sure. Right. Um, but yeah, what Sam said is like, you know, if you're the 49ers, just just wait and you can get, you know, a bigger haul for him. Someone's going to need uh, a mediocre quarterback sooner or later. I mean, Jimmy G's good. He's fine, but he's not going to, you know, win you a Super Bowl or, you know, move the needle too much. So. You know, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter where he ends up. Um, if, but like you know, like uh, Sam said, you got to kind of let Trey Lance, you know, take the reins sooner or later and see what he has. I mean, no, no sense just kind of sitting him there waiting anymore. Like just you know, let him loose, and if you got one, you got one. If not, you move on. This question was really so I had an opportunity to say porn star Jimmy again, but um, I I know. 
I, but thank you. Uh, but uh, I actually genuinely want to see what Trey Lance does. I, I like what I've seen, like in the flashes that he did play um, and how he's able to run with the ball, but also he's able to sling the ball down the field too. Um, is his frame like kind of reminds me of Cap? Like that's, he looks like Colin Kaepernick with his frame, um, but I'm not not anything else about it. Uh, so I'm really curious to see what happens. And if they finally give a chance, I know a buddy of mine will absolutely love to see if he's going to be the guy of the future or not, but we just have to wait and see. Uh, speaking of future, the PGA is trying to figure out what the hell their future is. Um, and as Liv tries to continue to uh, Bogart his way into the forefront. Um, and now the biggest name in golf, period, probably ever now, uh, Tiger Woods has entered this debate. Uh, he's been very quiet previously, uh, not saying too much, and that has definitely changed as of yesterday. Uh, Tiger went ahead to say the following um, about people moving to live. Uh, I disagree with it. I think that we've, uh, I think they've done this, or I think they've done you know, what they've done is they've turned their back on what allowed them to get to this position. Tiger went on to say, I know what the PJ stands for and what we have done and what the tour has given us the ability to chase our careers and to earn what we get and the trophies we have been able to play for and the history that has been a part of this game. Um, Tiger went on to say a lot more, uh, even to the point of saying that I know guys are going out here and get this money, but, they're basically not getting it from the ground up. Right. And that's me paraphrasing, but uh, I, I think this is a very interesting debate. Um, and the reason why I think it's a very interesting debate in this fact is because, Oh, okay. Puppy going to go crazy too. Got it. Um, what I think is a very interesting part about this debate is that tiger in itself has made a lot of money. He's made since 96 is when he came into uh, the PGA, he's made $121 million. Uh, so, and not a That's lot of it. these players are going to have a lot of opportunity to make that money. Whereas now live is giving them guaranteed money that some of these players will never, ever see. So uh, an argument that has been, people have been saying is that Rory uh, in itself and tiger being kind of two and now the most predominant people left in the PGA talking about this, uh, they've made a good amount of money where some of these other players haven't, right? And they're going to make this guaranteed money. But when Tiger speaks and he's speaking about the history and, and obviously we know the history that he's made and, and we hopefully make, he makes more, um, everybody listens when Tiger talks. So I'm really curious to hear what you both think of what Tiger said and what, how impactful you think this is going to be moving forward as we know I mean, that tiger moves the needle i mean we we discussed the geopolitics of the live tour when all this was kind of unfolding and i'm not going to get into that because i think we we may i'm not i mean harrison I've, you know please talk about whatever you you want to talk about but um i think the pga tour needed tiger to do this i think the pga tour needed tiger to say this because he is the PGA Tour. He is still at a frail state being in his 40s and you know the, his best days are way behind him. Um, 
the the PGA Tour needed Tiger to to be their um their yeah, voice piece. right now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and again, yeah, you're right. They've Tiger's made more money than any other golfer off off the the field on the field. But for a lot of people, he's the reason I mean, he's the reason I picked up a golf club and play to this day. Yep. So it's um you know, I I think good for them. I think as long as these live players can still play in majors and can still um you know, make the money that they make, you know, playing with, with these tour dates with live. I, I don't know what's, what you can do to change it. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, you know, it, it's great that tiger came out and said this. Um, it was obvious he was going to, I mean, this is what tiger's MO has been his whole career. Like he is the most competitive sportsman of our generation of ever maybe like the dude is just when you think of competitor and when you think of competing like he is it like he like locks in and like destroys the competition so um you know the, the guy's saying like okay you're saying this from a position of money like why you know if if it's tiger and all these guys are leaving no one is challenging his history anymore like that's that's what's at stake like his legacy is cemented if all these guys leave and no one can even touch him anymore so you know, he's kind of speaking of a, of a position of, you know, wanting the game to be better and, and stay at this this level of historic, you know, reverence and and all this stuff that matters. And it's super like symbolic that he's saying it now, at, like the Open Championship and the home of golf. Like this is like the pinnacle of the sport, like where golf started and where he's making this statement is like just super um, important for him to say this at this moment. And I mean, hopefully it does turn off some of these younger guys that are thinking of leaving and and throwing away like the competitive parts of their careers for, you know, a a money grab. Obviously, the PGA Tour can't compete with where the Saudi Arabian money is coming from. It's it's dumb to even try like they just print money. um, And this is going to be a massive problem for the PGA going forward. Um, And and, and it is now. But, you know, you never know what, what comes about if there's some, you know, kind of deals that are struck or, you know, alliances that are made. Um, and like Sam said, if these guys can still play the majors, you never it still can play out in some of their favors, like like a Brooks or um, there's only a few guys that, that that are at live now that can still possibly win majors. But, you know, hopefully, you know, the Xander Softleys don't leave or Jordan Spieth doesn't leave or someone that's still like as of relevance that can win majors. But um, no, it's super important for Tiger to say what he said. Um, obviously, tons of guys still look up to him, still revere him as they should he's just an absolute legend there's no other sportsman in their sport like that has kind of that regard as tiger does still playing um so um it's it's interesting for sure yeah um i didn't catch a lot of what tiger said today but um i did hear you know it was important for him to come back to play the open to play at st andrews and he doesn't know how many more times he's you know he's going to be able to do this but it it was important and and here i mean here's a guy that's always been chasing history and who knows like these you know the, the majors that he's accumulated jacks accumulated may you know if this continues to happen may not be tested right uh and that history is just cemented um but to to see you know take a, a bigger scale and just kind of see how important this was to him and how important it should be to young golfers, as you mentioned, is, is important. So, um, yeah, hate, you know, hate that this is kind of happening. And I, I, again, don't know what the end game is, but, um, 
it'll be it'll be interesting to see it unfold yeah i mean just to add like it's it's interesting to see tiger come out and say this stuff because he never really takes stances on much of anything outside of the sport before like obviously you know racial wise or political wise you know he's obviously very um very kept to himself on, on those regards and more guarded um but this obviously golf always meant a lot to tiger and and you know it it truly proves that he is like singularly focused like to golf um, so for him to come out and say this stuff, obviously, you know, you know, it means a lot to him. Um, and you know, the, like the history of the game and where the game is going means so, so much. That's a, that's a very great point. Um, when I was reading up on what Tiger said, uh, he, he pulled out a part that I did not know about. So this is, uh, one of the heads of live live is Greg Norman. And apparently in the 90s, Greg Norman tried to do something very similar to this and it didn't work out. Yep. But now he has the backing of the Saudis, as as Harris said, and they're essentially printing money. So he's got the right backers now. I just don't know. I, don't, I mean, nobody currently knows what the end game is unless they do. They're just throwing money at a bunch of things to get more events and just see what happens from there. Right. And are the live events even televised? Because I have not seen one. They are televised. YouTube. Oh, yeah, I was going to say the TV rights is going to be, I mean, it, it's what keeps these sports leagues, you know, going mm-hmm. to a lot, you know, big it's, degree. Yeah, I mean, it's super interesting. They they literally do not care about ad sales. They do not care about ticket revenue. They do not care about the return. So it's like, how can you compete with someone that just doesn't care about any of that? that so yeah. They are on YouTube commercial free. I mean, I've watched them. They're, they're a good watch. I mean, you literally have golf for eight hours or you know four hours straight and it's like how how can you compete with this i mean the product itself is a glorified exhibition um and the idea is in the right spot it's just where the money where the money is coming from and how they're doing it is just something that i can't get behind completely completely understood and completely completely agree but i'm glad harrison was here to speak about this i know we've spoke about this to a nauseating extent as well sam it's probably i hope this is the last time we speak about it i'm just we had to speak about it because it was tiger woods i mean there's tiger says something you got to talk about it um real quick uh since we weren't here last week uh and i wasn't able to talk about this glorious uh event that happened but it was ufc 276 i'm going to give you the quick rundown uh israel defended his championship and won and called out a gentleman that won earlier, the only person to actually knock him out um, and beat him, which is Alex Pereira, who won his fight earlier tonight against Sean Strickland. Um, Volganovsky beat Max Holloway in a definitive manner. Um, and then the Sean O'Malley, Pedro M- Munoz, can't even speak today. Uh, uh, <laughs> it was uh, no decision uh, because of broken eyes. So, uh, what, what are they fighting about? Why are they fighting? Oh my gosh. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> see, I told you Harrison to do something at some point. Um, so yeah, that was UFC uh 276. Just wanted to give the results of that just in case some of you were just sitting there listening. I know there's some that do listen for that. So let's transition. Sam, you know where we're going. Lead us in. Hey, it's time to play our soon-to-be award-winning segment. <laughs> do you care? Harrison, do you do you care about do you care? All right, he's thumbs up. Let's go. Let's play. You wanna you wanna lead this off here? You can go right into it. You can read them all down, Sam. Let's go. Heinz Fields changing its name to what? Act 
Accusure Accusure Stadium. Yep. Stadium. Mm-hmm. What is Accusure? I know a, what Heinz is. It's a it's a insurance, uh like a international oh. insurance company, from my understanding. Awesome. Um <laughs> cool. Uh do you guys care? I do care because I mean I'm so used to seeing Heinz Field as Heinz Field and the history that goes behind it. But I also don't care because I'm not a Pittsburgh Steelers fan and I don't really care about the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I'm I guess I'm impartial. I don't I don't really it is what it is. You know what? I do care. I care about ketchup. <laughs> I, this is nonsense. Ketchup truth is a ketchup staple. You get ketchup, mustard, relish. That's a hot dog. Like I, I know some people are out on ketchup, but I'm big ketchup. And I this is not uh, to uh, to an insurance company. I, I'm, I care a lot. I care a lot. <laughs> as a Jets fan, I I don't care at all. Um, as not a Steeler fan, you know, could, could care less. Um, but yeah, Heinz Field is just kind of like you say, Heinz Field. You know what it is, and now all these all these stadiums are changing. Like, yeah. Um, Safeco Field's not Safeco anymore. It's like T-Mobile it Park or something oh like God. that. The Giant Stadium in, in San Francisco changed. It's like Oracle Park now. It's like all these places. Miller Park's not Miller Park anymore. Staples it's like, Center is not the Staples Center anymore. Nostalgia, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Crypt, buy crypto or crypto.com yeah. or, you know, or whatever. So from that, you know, I'm not going to be one of these like get off my yard like old dudes. <laughs> but like, so you know change is good progression is is important but it, it just shows you money is you know whatever it is i need heinz to like latch on to someone that that fits them like arrowhead stadium like you got the red you got ketchup i mean chiefs are probably gonna have to change Pat mahomes like famously puts ketchup on like steak right or something like that <laughs> or... yes so yeah. like Look, there you go big, Tee it up. there's a good fit there I, I, I want to see Heinz Field back, but not with the Steelers because they don't deserve it. That's that's fair. That's that's fair. <laughs> I will go with that. All right. <laughs> Let's hey, go to uh, the next one, Sam. Former uh, NBA pro and current ESPN analyst Richard Jefferson recently refed a summer league game for, I believe it was the second quarter of, couldn't tell you what game it was, the Trailblazers and the Knicks, I think. Yep. Um, I saw some of the highlights, but do you guys care? I don't care per se, but it was entertaining as hell. Um, I I just thought it was it was really funny to see. Well, I, I mean, I give him his his props because it takes a lot for a former basketball player to go out there and then do something and, and do something or fill a role of what you used to combat all the time, like throughout your whole career. Like he's known for getting several texts, arguing refs and all this stuff right now, but actually to see him go out there and kind of like Excel, even though he forgot to put up his hand for the three and actually blew a whistle when they made a three, which you're not supposed to do. Um, Outside of those missteps, it was entertaining to see him kind of learn and do that. And I think he's, it's going to help him with his play-by-play as well too. Um, because he is, he's actually doing an exceptional job with that. He also has a podcast as well. Um, so I think this gives him a little more intel on that. So I don't really care, uh, but it was entertaining as hell. I, I do care. I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was, it was really cool. I like Richard Jefferson on air. Um, I, I think well. he's transitioned really well um, into his post-playing career. 
Um, and I'd like to see more players kind of take up refing. Like refing is not easy. Like I've I've done some refing before for like AAU games and stuff like that. And like it's not it's not an easy thing to no. do. Um, so you know, I, I cared. I, I liked it. I, I watched it pretty intently. Um, you know, to, uh, consumed all the highlights afterwards. And I liked that they had him mic'd up. I thought that was awesome. So mm-hmm. I, I like that move. It's I didn't watch it as I mentioned. I saw the highlights, but um it's a hard yeah, as you mentioned, I've never repped anything um but it's it's a hard job and and for someone who has to be critical of players and officiating at times you know you kind of put yourself in those shoes and I I liked seeing the like banter between all the the young guys on like the Knicks are cheering because they got a call and stuff like that like that that was fun I mean he's a um you know he was a pretty good basketball player and his in his prime, he does a great job on the Nets games and on the ESPN, um, on the national games too. So yeah, it was cool to see. I don't, I'd be interested to see it in the future. And it's kind of put your money where your mouth is too. Um, especially, you know, these guys just make a, make a living with criticizing things and kind of like what we're trying to do here. So. You want to know how I, I, when I would really care is if they put Draymond out there. That's Imagine what I like really Draymond, Pat oh, Ev, like Sheed Wallace. Yeah, yeah some of these guys. <laughs> yep. Just some just of these guys that get guys. teed yep. up all the time. It was, yeah. it was the perfect spot to do it too. I mean, obviously you don't want you don't want it at a game where it's like where it means anything, but Correct. it was it was cool to see in the summer league. And and this is kind of what what these what these games are for. Like, I mean, you test stuff out and you have some fun and you keep it light. I yeah. agree. I, I have a I have a Another do you care real quick. Uh, so the NBA has, it's going to go in final vote, but it's pretty much done that the playing game is here to stay. Uh, do you care? I, I do. I love the playing game. I think it's fantastic. I mean, I think, you know, it, it adds some definite intrigue to the end of the year. I think I we talked about it like the last time I was on and, and the race for the playing game was kind of heating up and um, you know, I, I think it's great. I mean, I, the guys are going to complain about it, but like win more games and like, that's the whole yep. purpose. Like yep. you, you know, you win for a reason. Um, and, and you kind of, you know, want to put yourself in the best spot. Um, I, I'm glad it's here to stay. Yeah. I like it too. Um, I, I like baseball, the wild card, the one game playoff, or at least it was, it's no longer, but with this, if you lose that seven seed game, you're still in it. You can still win the eight seed. I mean, you know, no one wants to be the eight seed, especially if you're going up against these, you know, the one seed, but you still have a chance. And um, it, it's, it's fun. It's good TV. It's good intrigue going into the end of the season. As you mentioned, Harrison, I, I like it. It's um, it, it shows why Adam Silver is the best commissioner in sports. And um, he just does a phenomenal job and he's, they're so open-minded and we'll we'll test anything out, and I I think it's a good addition there for sure. But that that was my beef with the MLB one though. Like I I think with baseball the sample size is too small to do one game. Like you play 162 yeah. all year, and then to to have your season like fall down to one. But like with basketball, it matches up a little better where you have 82 games. But like if you lose one, you're not completely out of it. Right. So it's like. I think the fairness of it matches up with with what they're trying to do, and I think it's perfect the way it is. I, I hope they stay with it for a while. Well, the the reason why I care about it is because a point that neither of you mentioned, which I'm surprised, is that it kind of combats tanking. 
because it makes it you have to play to get to these certain things and there it's it, you you have to do certain things to get yeah, to you certain have a places do that right so you have a shot um and i i like that because i don't like the era of basketball where teams are just tanking to get that that pick i know we talked about it earlier about the young kid coming from france next year and how teams are going to try to tank for that but with the play and it kind of somewhat combats it like there's still ways obviously around it but i like that aspect of it and then obviously the the games there's more intensity there um i i don't know how i feel about them talking about the middle season tournament i think they don't really need to do that um i think they can kind of leave it for what it is i like i don't go ahead I don't know what the incentive is for it. I, I don't, I don't get it. Like, aside from like TV ratings and like, it, it would have to be something to win money. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? But I, I, I think, mean, go ahead. Brand, I think like what you said is like, um, you know, it, it incentivizes not tanking. And I think a lot of teams are kind of seeing like the, 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 reward of having your young guys be in playoff series now like yep. obviously there was that stretch where it's like oh we're just gonna tank and, and get the pick but now it's more like all right no let's get like john morant and jaron jackson jr some playoff experience mm-hmm. like yeah they're not gonna win the whole thing but this is so much more valuable to their development yes um than even just, like yeah. quitting even lamello's been knocked out of this playing game two years in a row but like like even see that anthony edwards you're absolutely right just yeah. to get playoff reps these are big games yeah. you know and that that environment is is uh you know unlike any other in in, in sports right so the, the warriors have flat out came out and said that they're happy that they were in the playoff games a few years ago because it gave jordan pool experience in the playoffs and look how that helped them this year right so it's i think it's beneficial for you know the whole entire league like i i love what they're doing with the g league right which is why I'm I'm liking what is happening outside of the NFL with uh the uh, what's what's the league that the Rock is bought out um XFL yes and then also the the US CFL or whatever right to actually have basically like a farming system or you can see these guys and mold them into that and having this deal with the NFL right having that G League and seeing these young players play and go from there sam we've talked about it with minor leagues and 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 minor league baseball and how they're starting to do this and they're now starting to incentivize these teams with their minor league teams to to push them forward and get them in to the league sooner than things so i like this push of trying to get these young talents up and in front of your face because people really really attach these younger talents and they grow with them right it's it's that organic feel look at Aaron Judge I know it's going off the cuff here but watching him for the Yankees and seeing how he's he's grown up if you watched him from the farm and you know about it and see where he's at now like it's a different feeling for you to see where he is so kind of growing with these homegrown talents and seeing these people grow it's it's it should be something that should be fruitful for all fans um if we have the accessibility yeah and you don't want to be in this like what I call like the Nick zone, like purgatory, like where you're not bad enough to be a top three pick to get a top three pick and you're not good enough to make the playoffs. And it's like the Knicks have picked like eight to 13 for like how many years? And it hasn't. I mean, even though that's a sweet spot in the lottery, it's like how many, you know, you know. They just don't do it right. So might as well like play for something. If you're going to be the 12th seed, might as well try to be the 10th seed. Yeah. Because you're not, 
you're not doing any favors by in this league, just like in, in baseball or football too. It's like, you either want to be really good or really bad. I, I know we don't want to endorse tanking and talking about it, but it's a way to build your team and, and to get better. And um, yeah, you either want to be good or bad. And I think it endorses players to, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Hayes. It's, it makes teams better yep, for I sure. Agree. The product better. Yes, sir. Last one. Maybe Gronk <laughs> confirmed that he's officially retired. No matter what, I did not see this report. I will go first. I say, I don't care because I still think he just doesn't want to go to mini camp or what voluntary workouts and he'll be back playing in week one. If I had to put money on it, I would. What do you guys say? Uh, I don't care either. I like <laughs> Gronk. He's had a great career. Long one, uh, too long, probably hang it up. Uh, yeah don't care see you later yeah i don't i don't care either uh i want to see gronk's crazy antics on tv because that's where he just really belongs that's all i care about is just seeing gronk on tv doing how they play upon him being the stupid jock in the subway commercial is hilarious to me um so yeah just hope he continues to do that brings his party atmosphere wherever he goes i don't need to see him on a football field anymore yeah that's it we did it we did solid episode 63 of the chasing points podcast in the books uh harrison appreciate you so much for for jumping on the mic is always open for you please please come back um yes, it was a blast you, thank you and uh for harrison and brandon my name's sam thank you so much for listening and make sure you check us out on instagram at chasing points podcast and leave us a nice rating on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, we are there. Um, so for the guys, uh, have a great week and uh, we'll see you next week. So uh, I have to confess I'm late to the party. Uh, there's a snack out there uh, that I've blatantly disrespected on numerous occasions when I walk down the snack aisle and I have to I have to say sorry to it publicly. Uh, Popcorners, I am so sorry that I disrespected you like this. Uh, I didn't want to give you the attention that you deserve, and that is my fault, okay? That is my fault. Uh, I have now fully and fully embraced you as a part of my snack collection, especially the sweet Thai chili and the spicy queso. Um, you, you deserve to be in a hall of fame somewhere. You are light and delicious, sometimes spicy, sometimes salty, sometimes sweet. Go get you some popcorners. That's all I got to say, guys. Love you. Bye. <laughs>